It's good to see everybody tonight, but Betsy, it's good to see you back. Yeah. She's been through it with her surgery and uh, long rehab, right? Yep. So, good to see you. I think you got a Father G haircut. Yeah, yeah, short. I'd like to welcome those who are joining us also from other parishes tonight. Um, right in front of me here, Jim and Shirley Whitwer from St. Patrick's in London and, and Wayne Bloomfield from St. Patrick's in London. And Wayne is undoubtedly the orneriest man God ever put on this earth. I know you did. Um, a lady that served Mass for me every morning, Dorothy Henry, told me the story when she first met you. She didn't like you, and she told you that later, and you told her you didn't like her either. <laughs> well, she's, she's warmed up to you a little bit. Um, also, uh, I know there's some other folks here uh, from London I've seen, and uh, Resurrection. Um, this young couple here, I had their wedding at St. Anthony's not quite 15 years ago. Wow. And the rings are still on. Okay. okay, good, good. I came across these words that were in a marriage program in France. This young couple, Jean and Thibault, were the married couple being married. And they put this actually in their program. I just came across this a couple days ago. They said, living with a love that goes beyond us, we wanted to place Christ at the heart of our union through this sacrament of marriage. It is for us the fruit of a long discernment and the beginning of a guided journey together toward holiness. The article was about how can wedding ceremonies, or wedding masses, be inviting to people who may not even be Christian or believers at all. And they wanted their friends to be comfortable with their wedding mass. So they said, it's important for you to know that Christ at the heart of our union is important to us, whether you know Christ or not. And this is a beginning of a guided journey together toward holiness. What a, a great uh, description of married life, what it can be. Our vocation as Christians is to cooperate with God's grace so that we can grow in holiness. That second reading we had this weekend, Paul's letter to the Ephesians, he says, God chose us in Christ before the foundation of the world 
to be holy and without blemish before him. He chose us. We're chosen. You and me, we're chosen. Sister Mary McGlone, a scripture scholar, says, Before the world began, God chose us to be holy. Shares of the divine nature. Christ's life, death, and resurrection offer the proof of God's forgiving, unifying love. Through Christ, we have access to the wisdom and insight that enables us to live in this grace. We are invited to exist in the joy of God's love. Well, if we really buy that, believe that, that we're invited to exist in the joy of God's love, that his love is, is tremendous for us, if we really believe that's real, then when he calls us and sends us out, we've got something to say and something to share with people. We're called to invite people to open their minds and their hearts to the reality of this thing we call God's kingdom. We heard Amos, the first reading, prophet Amos. He was called by God to prophesy. He wasn't a prophet. That wasn't his occupation. But God called him for this one time to go to the northern kingdom of Israel and to preach because they're getting way off track. He had no easy time of it. People didn't really like what he had to say. That's true of most prophets. Even true of priests sometimes. People don't like sometimes what you have to say. Somebody got out of me after Mass one day at another parish about something I mentioned in my homily. He was going down my throat. Then he just turned around and left, and a guy standing here, a young dad, said, Father, I thought he was going to deck you. I said, I did too. Uh, the guy came back around the corner of the church and I said to this guy I said don't leave me <laughs> so the guy came back and he said well I want to apologize it's nothing personal I said well no you've been doing this for four years today was the worst but it is personal and I said I didn't make this stuff up Jesus Christ did you don't like it take it up with him okay um, but the message of Christ isn't always received well, it's not always an easy message for any of us. And Jesus sends out the twelve two by two to do what he did, what he did, to cure people, to heal people. He gave them authority, and they were pretty successful. Not everybody took them up what they had, on what they had to offer, but but many did. Amos, the twelve apostles, we. We're not chosen by God because of any special talent or knowledge we have, but because we're willing to answer the call when he calls us, because we're convinced of his love for us, and that makes the difference. Jesus came to take on evil in all its forms. He sends out his disciples to do the same thing. 
And you notice in the gospel he tells them not to take much for the journey. Um, Makes me feel kind of guilty. I've just been moving. (laughs) Oh, and I got rid of a lot of stuff. I still had too much stuff. Um, Travel light. Take a walking stick and a pair of sandals. I'm pretty far from that. He said, don't take much for the journey because the message was enough. The message they had was enough. Bishop Ken Untner, long dead now, um, he wrote this, which I thought was just a great summary of, of what it means to be a Christian. He says, Jesus took on evil by surrounding it with goodness, absorbing it, and dissolving it. He took on evil by surrounding it with goodness, absorbing it, and dissolving it. Instead of weapons, he used words. Instead of fighting, he forgave people. Instead of killing, he raised people to life. Instead of a military banner in front of him, He just used his own life as an itinerant preacher, as a sign. Instead of a battle cry, he cried his own tears. And instead of working crowds into a frenzy of hatred for their enemy, he fed them. Loaves and fishes, he fed them. Instead of cutting off heads, as some people do in war, he washed feet. Instead of crossing swords, he carried the cross. He didn't beat up on evil. He absorbed it and dissolved it. And that's how his disciples were to do it as well. And they succeeded because it says they drove out many demons. They anointed with oil many who were sick, and they cured them. They cured them with the oil of kindness, with the oil of hope, the oil of love. It was a new way of living, this way of Christ, trying to help people understand the tremendous love God has for them. So we're sent out to take on evil, to preach mostly by our example, how we live, to heal, to cure the sickness of sin, to absorb evil and dissolve it. That's what we're called to do. Same thing he did in the same way he did it. We don't fight fire with fire. We fight it with love and compassion and mercy. We're not spectators in this Christian business. We're supposed to be disciples, carrying on the work of Christ. I had hoped to be here longer than three years. I remember my first full day here. It was a Wednesday morning. I got up and I had coffee in the living room. Big deer went across the field. I said, oh, man, I'm in the right place. I don't have a school. I don't have two prisons. My stress level went from way up here to way down here. 
What I wasn't counting on was my health going down rather quickly. But in the three years I've been here, I hope I've been able to convey this call to holiness to you. I know I'm not perfect, yet God called me to this life as a priest. So I want to thank you for your kindness to me these three years. And just ending again with this quote of this married couple. Living with a love that goes beyond us, we wanted to place Christ at the heart of our union through this sacrament of marriage. It is for us the fruit of a long discernment and the beginning of a guided journey toward holiness. We're all on this guided journey together. We're on our way to heaven, not alone. We're going together. Someone asked a priest friend of mine once, is it a sin not to pray? And the priest responded, well, it may not be a sin, but it sure is stupid. (laughs) My prayer for you, I hope your prayer for me, is that we remain prayers and that we continue this journey toward holiness, toward God's kingdom.